Ejectocedo, cuz. Episode number 31. We got a lot to cover today, so we're going to motor through the significance of 31. So with that being said, we're going to move right along here. We're going to get the fun fact about number 31 out of the way. This date in history, we're going to talk about this fucking submarine and then finish strong with the question of the day. So fun fact about episode or fun fact about the number 31. 31 is a prime number, which means it cannot be divided evenly by any other number except one and itself. Beyond that, 31 has an interesting property. It's a Merceni prime. Merceni primes are primes that can be written into the form 2 to the p minus 1, where p is also a prime number. In the case of 31, p is equal to 5, which is a prime, and 2 to the 5th power minus 1 equals 32 minus 1, which is 31. Don't know what any of that just said. 31 is the third Marseni prime. The first two are three and seven. Marseni primes are named after the French mathematician Marin Marseni, M&M, who studied these numbers in the early 17th century. They are interesting in number theory and have applications in cryptography. Additionally, 31 is the maximum number of days in a month on the Gregorian calendar. You can't make a tomlet without cracking a few Gregs. It is the number of days in the months January, March, May, July, August, October, and December. The more you know. And then this date in history. On June 20th, 1782, the United States Congress officially adopted the Great Seal of the United States. This seal is used to authenticate certain documents issued by the U.S. federal government. The design of the obverse, which is the front of the seal, is the National Coat of Arms, of the United States. It depicts a bald eagle, bald eagles, with its wings outstretched holding an olive branch in its right talon and a bundle of 13 arrows in its left. The eagle's beak clutches a scroll inscribed with the motto e, pluri- e pluribus unum, e pluribus unum, which means out of many, one. Above the eagle, there's a glory with 13 stars on a blue field. The choice of the eagle as the central image represented strength and freedom. The olive branch and arrow symbolized, respectively, the power of peace and war, which are vested in Congress. The 13 stars and arrows represented the original 13 states. The process of designing the Great Seal was a complex one that involved three committees and took six years. Classic government. Classic government waste. The final design was created by Charles Thompson, who was the Secretary of Congress. Today, the Secretary of State is the official custodian of the Great Seal. Secretary Blinken, who is the current Secretary of State. Again, the more you know. And then, like I said, we're diving straight into this submarine talk that's been captivating the world. We got to know what's going on here. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's time for the final countdown. <laughs> the show starts in 10, 9. Six, 
So this fucking submarine, right? So for those of you that haven't had any kind of interaction on social media since Sunday, don't know about this submarine that decided to just go missing, which I thought we were past this point in technology, but apparently this company built a submarine that's shoddy at best from reports and reporting done by like journalists that have sat in this thing uh, less than like a year ago who refused to take a tour on it because like this thing is rickety, uh, decided to just go missing after um, about an hour and a half into their journey on Sunday, which has got to be horrifying for the people that are on it. So we're going to get into this and we're going to get to the bottom of it. No pun intended where that thing is fucking sitting right now, probably. So the Titan, a submersible operated by OceanGate Expeditions, has gone missing while exploring the Titanic wreckage in the Atlantic Ocean. The wreckage's location makes it a challenging recovery mission. Of course, it's on the bottom of the fucking Atlantic. The submersible holds up to five people, one chief pilot, three crew members, and a tourist. The missing individuals include British billionaire Hamish Harding, Pakistani energy and tech mogul, Shanzada Dawood, Dawood, Shanzada Dawood, and his son Suleiman, French diver and Titanic expert Paul Henry Nogolet, and Ocean Gate founder and CEO Stockton Rush. This sounds like a cast of characters out of a shitty movie. Contact with the submersible was lost about an hour and 45 minutes into the dive. The submarine likely had four days worth of oxygen, leaving only about 40 hours remaining as of this afternoon. The search and rescue mission is being led by Rear Admiral John Malger, and the U.S. is coordinating with Canada on the operation. Of course, got a call. People don't like the size of America's military until they have to come and get them. So, fun fact, the Coast Guard isn't part of the Secretary. The Coast Guard isn't under national defense. Fun fact. So, like I was saying earlier, the Titan, operated by Ocean Gate Expeditions, was on a daring journey to explore the final resting place of the infamous Titanic. The sunken ship, entombed in Atlantic's icy darkness, presents a formidable challenge to, for any recovery mission. The terrain, the pressure, and the sheer remoteness of everything, it's a daunting task for even the most skilled naval experts. This particular voyage was of the Titan was a unique cocktail of exploration and tourism with a passenger list of fascinating as the mission itself. There are five souls on board, one chief pilot, three crew members, and a singular adventurous tourist. These tickets are $250,000, by the way. Among them were some of the most intriguing figures of our time, British billionaire and space explorer Hamish Harding, Pakistani energy and tech mogul Shinzada Dawood, and his brave son Suleiman. Paul Henry Nargolet, a seasoned French diver and Titanic expert and Ocean Gate founder and CEO Stockton Rush. Again, shitty sci-fi movie. The timeline of events is kind of chilling. The submarine began its descent on Sunday morning, just about an hour and 45 minutes into the dive. All contact was lost. As the hours kept going, the situation grew ever more dire. The submersible is believed to have had only four days worth of oxygen, which means as of today, Tuesday afternoon, it has less than 40 hours total. In the face of this terrifying uncertainty, a rescue operation is underway, spearheaded by Rear Admiral John Malger, and it's also an international effort coordinated with the United States and Canada, pulling their resources in a desperate bid to locate the missing submarine. The thing about this entire thing is that we don't even need to see the Titanic anymore. Well, you know what's down there. They're not making any more discoveries. This isn't Bill Paxton trying to find the jewel of the sea, whatever the fuck he was trying to find with old-ass Rose, who threw that thing off, who launched that thing off the side of the boat, probably worth billions of dollars. There's no reason to go down there. Submarines, I have zero interest in. Part of the reason I didn't want to, I didn't join the Navy. I think I'm too tall for a submarine in the Navy anyway, but I didn't want to risk it. The ocean's unforgiving. You sink, 
you're dead. Like if you go into the ocean, no one finds you for a while. You got sharks, you got other wildlife in there, other sea creatures. It's a fucking sea monster. And then you just sink, you drown, you're dead. Like it's over. See ya. No one's ever going to find you either. That's the worst part. At least if you crash out of a plane, you're going to see smoke and flames. It's going to crash somewhere. There's going to be a crash site. They might not be able to identify your teeth something like that. Ocean, you're just done. It's over. Caked. So these assholes, I don't know why they decided to do this. Seems like a money grab. But there's a, on the news, they were showing a journalist was documenting the the submarine and like, you know, because it was not everyone. Most companies don't have a tourist thing you could just get in. Like James Cameron built his, but James Cameron has a shitload of money to do it and the technology to do it right. The journalist is in this thing and he's like, this thing's kind of just a piece of junk. It looks like a, it looks like a, a barrel, like a, a barrel you would light a fire in, maybe a little bigger than that because it fits five people. It has a bathroom, which is just a porter potty in the middle of it. It's remote controlled from, I think it's like a Nintendo Switch or a PS4 controller or not a, a Nintendo Cube controller. And it has one little window, the shitty motor, and it's using like these pipes like as ballast to sink it or, you know, for weight basically. And the journalist knew like this thing kind of looks rickety. Like this thing's kind of put together with duct tape. And they were like, no, no, we take all the safety safety precautions, all this and that. And it's full of 96 hours worth of oxygen. So like I said earlier, they're running out or they're going to run out eventually tomorrow. Today's like the most important day. Tuesday was the most important day of this entire rescue mission. If they haven't found it yet, it's probably not going to be found. Um, some working theories they have, some a little obscure, some are actually probably the probable cause. Occam's razor. It either sprung a leak and there was, it was an implosion, what they call it, unexpected implosion or something, um, where it just gets crushed by the pressure or it just lost contact because there's supposed to be internet on this thing, but it's shoddy at best. And it might've just lost connection, got down there and got stuck on the Titanic. Like they flew it too close, flew too close to the sun and got stuck. And they just been stuck on the Titanic the whole time. Or it just sprung a leak, sank shortly after taking off and GG's, you know, rest in peace everybody. But sometimes you hit rock bottom. Sometimes the world gets you, you know, it wouldn't get you if you just never got into the goddamn thing. But people are adventurous. I don't know why they would want to do that. It beats, it blows my mind that people want to go down there and see it. I understand it. However, the size of the window is the size of like a paper plate, like a normal size plate. This thing's tiny. Like how much are you really seeing? It's dark as fuck down there. It's miserable. You're cramped in. It takes forever to get down there, forever to get back up. I just don't see the appeal of it. So, I mean, yeah, it's sad if they died, which they probably did. It's a little sad. I don't want to sound callous like I'm some asshole, but, um, you know, you, you go down in these things and a business's job is to make money. So they're not going to spend that much money and it's in international waters, So they don't have to play by anybody's rules. They just do whatever they want and you know, shit happens. So it would be crazy if they found them and they're like, oh, they're fine. They were just floating around and like they got lost. They got, they got lost in the current and they just lost signal to it, you know? And they're just like, oh, we've been stuck in here and like, they're completely fine, but it's probably not the case. They probably dead. Because again, the ocean's unforgiving and it's just not a fun, it's not a fun place. There's only a few things. Concrete, you fall on that, unforgiving. Ice, you fall on that, unforgiving. Water, getting drowned, like you get to the bottom of the ocean, it's over. Space, those are things like you just don't overcome. So sucks to suck. The um, Another theory out there is that there's a, a black hole portal down there that they floated through. I don't know if there's any credence to that, but just something to look into until we find some answers. So good luck to them. Hopefully they uh, rest easy at the bottom of the ocean and everyone learns their lesson. Just don't fucking go down there. So moving right along to the random question of the day. I'm going to keep this one short. 
If you could write a letter to your younger self, what advice would you give? If I could write a letter to my younger self, what advice would you give? I would say invest in Apple. Get a job as quick as you can. And then well, I guess when you're young, you can't buy stocks when you're like 13. Get someone, your parents, get my obviously my parents, and just be like, I'm going to give you every single dollar I have invested into like Apple, Tesla. Um, and then for advice, I would say like life advice. I would say don't be a fucking moron. Uh, not that I'm a moron now, but I feel like everyone makes... See, like I wouldn't, ch- I wouldn't tell myself to change anything because then I wouldn't be sitting here, you know? And I'm pretty happy with my life. Like I think I have a pretty good life. Yeah, obviously having more money and more freedom to do whatever I wanted would be ideal, but everything got me to this point and it seems to be working out so far. So I'm not saying I'm well off or anything. You know, obviously everyone has issues and shit, but that sounds like a very cliche answer. I wouldn't change a thing because then I wouldn't be here. But I don't know. It's hard to like, I don't really regret anything that much where I'm like, I wish I can go back and change that. Obviously, there's some disappointments back there in the past, but I mean, everyone makes mistakes and you learn from it. You get a little older, you get wiser, you stop making those mistakes or you get smarter about making them so they don't impact you that much, I guess. But yeah, I think I would tell my younger self, invest in stocks because they're going to be worth a lot of money one day and don't be so hard on yourself sometimes. Take a deep breath. It's all a joke anyway. At any point, you can be, find yourself in a submarine getting crushed by the ocean. So make sure you live it up. Have a good time. And um, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Let's go Yankees.